0: kind of like an onion to me. He just kind of peeled back the layers. He had a lot of really good things that he shared. And he talked a little bit about living in the flesh and living in the garden. What does that look like? Um, Why are some of us living in the flesh compared to living in the garden? And what's holding us back? Um, That being said, I also want to ask everybody to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, Hit the like button. Um, If you can also comment, Um, And interact if you have any questions when you hear us talking about stuff is there's anything that you want to ask uh, Lisa Chris Cassidy or myself, please, uh, let us know Um, on the audio Please give us a five-star review and one thing that I really want to share is um, to actually share the audio and the video with others I'm on Facebook Twitter smoke signals whatever you would like to do that would be great but just again emphasizing let's get the word out guys let's uh let's share it there's people out there that I believe need to hear what we're going to share here tonight um whether it's you know a teenager whether it's a mom and dad whether it's someone that goes to our church or even someone that doesn't go to our church if you share it on facebook um and more and more as it becomes more like a domino effect you know there might be a grandma or a grandpa out there that really needs to hear this so i just want to just emphasize everybody just kind of share it um join us in person on sunday mornings 10 a.m um we gather together join the community um interact get to know people rub shoulders Um, and as of right now um what we would like to do is go ahead and start I would like to just start by saying that uh, Kevin started off by saying something right off the bat that made me really think. Um, And I actually had to try to listen to what he was saying after he had made this statement because he made it right in the beginning. And he said that living in the flesh instead of courting to the spirit. And And then my question is, is why do we as God's children do this? Does anybody want to comment here?
1: Well, first of all, I have to say you missed your calling, Dave. You should have been a disc jockey. You did that very well. <laughs> um, I honestly, I think the reason that we walk in the flesh and and not in the spirit is a lot of the times we're basically living according to what our what our our physical body wants. And we begin to forget that they, that we are actually a three part being that we're not Mm. just, you know, body, but we are spirit and we don't work on our spirit man. Like we work on our physical man. Um, And so to me, I feel like we, especially the fact that we live in a physical world and we don't live in a spirit world you you just begin to start to almost acclimate to what you hear, what you see around you um, instead of really pressing in to what God's saying, what the spirit realm is doing. Because to be honest with you, there's so much going on in the spirit realm. Mm. There's so much going on that we're not paying attention to, that we're unaware of, Um this is a really old book, and this is going to date Chris and I for sure, but um, This Present Darkness, I don't know if anybody's ever read it. Fr- if Frank you haven't, Freddy. by Francis... F-
2: no, Frank Freddy. Frank Freddy.
1: Um, I don't know if you've ever read it, but if you haven't, it's still relevant today. Mm. And the whole premise is is it's telling this story of people living on in, in the physical realm, but then it's showing you a whole layer of the spiritual realm... Of what's really going on, you know, it, like uh, underneath all of this stuff, and it's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal book. But honestly, this is, we read it when we were just baby Christians, and so it kind of brought all of that kind of to light for me when we were first, you know, when we were first starting to seek God. And so you guys actually
0: borrowed that book to me and Mary, and we read it together, and we yeah. were like, "Wow, wow, yeah, that's, that's
1: a yeah. good
2: book." Well, I I I would I would agree with Lisa but I would add it to it I guess. I I say we are living in both worlds. We're living in a spiritual Absolutely. world. I think the spiritual spiritual world more real than the natural, but we don't know that cuz we're we we live in a natural world too. And and so I always say this, the flesh is what we're going to gravitate to. It's going to be our default. It's going to be where naturally go to. And, and and I think we need to I think a lot of us need to be aware of we will always gravitate to the flesh, to our own ability, mm-hmm. being wise in our own eyes, trusting ourselves, looking at our circumstances. That is normal. That is natural. Or Paul would call it cardinal. It's, it's where, 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 so if we know that that's what we're going to, um, um, default to, then we must purpose, like Lisa's saying, seeking the spirit, seeking God, seeking what his spirit says. So it's a choice. It's actually an exercise. Mm-hmm. I was sharing that today. We had something on Wednesdays in the, um, during lunchtime, but it's like, we, we got to purpose that. We got to purpose seeking the spirit. We got to let the spirit man lead and not our own. And that's where I think sometimes the enemy gets in, but I think he gets in when we decide to you know, work or we try to do it in our own strength, doing our own ability. And then the, the enemy knows that. And then, then he can lie to us. He can cause yep. doubt and unbelief. He can put fear, anxiety on us. And, but the spirit will world's out there too. And we, so it says walk in the spirit, you know, it says if you walk in spirit, won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, or I say the brokenness of the flesh or the perception okay. of the flesh. Um, Bible also says, lean on in your understanding, but acknowledge him, trust in him, acknowledge him. So I think it's something, if we know that that's something we're going to naturally gravitate to our flesh, it's something that will just, it, it, well, that be our default. We'd almost have to purpose not to get in the flesh. Yep. And so I think it, we need to be aware of as believers, are we in the spirit? Are we in the flesh? And I, that's one of my daily prayers. I humble myself every morning. I say, Lord, help me today to know if I'm walking in the spirit, and not the flesh and know the difference, mm. know the difference. And, um, of course, if, you know, some flesh we know, but a lot of times we could be doing good things, trying to do right, but we're doing it in our own strength, in our own understanding.
0: That's really yep. good, really good.
2: <clears throat> I would like
0: to just say that um, what do you spend time doing? Like, so I've been it married for 34 years. If I don't talk to Mary for two weeks. Right, yeah. I mean, you to don't talk to her for a day. I'm on a couch. <laughs> no, but so let's say I've been married 34 years, right? I've been a Christian for 34 years. I got saved right, you know, before I got married, what would my marriage look like if I just gave Mary my leftovers? What would my marriage look like if I just spent a little bit of time with her on Sunday, but the rest of the week, I just totally ignored her. What type of relationship would I have with her? could wouldn't.
2: Good point. I wouldn't.
0: So yeah. I think that's really important
2: is spending time with God. Amen. 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 And sometimes when we talk about sowing to the spirit, or going, it can become really spooky or real spiritual. But Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It, it, the gospel is so simple if mm. you just believe him at his word. It's just drawing near to God, seeking God. It's not a bunch of religious works. Or it's just drawing near to God, being God-focused, God-conscious of seeking him, trusting him. And like you said, talking to him. I mean, yeah. some pe- people say, I never hear God. Well, talk to him hmm. and, and, yep. and then he'll speak through his word. He'll speak through directly to us or through our community. Good. Or actually
1: listen. That's good. Oh yeah. We, sometimes we do all the talking. <laughs> we don't bother to
0: listen. That would bring us to a next point. And Kevin said something that um, really made me check my heart. He said um, to live in a wasteland that I am making and creating or choose to live in the garden. My question is, what does that look like in our life personally? I mean, I'll be honest with you. That's what I do. If I'm having a bad day, I choose to have a bad day. If, if I'm struggling with, you know, um, um, negative thoughts, um, being discouraged, I choose to do that. You know, so is it a wasteland that I'm actually making? Am I sulking in that? Am I taking a chair and just inviting all of that? You know, what, what does that look like? I always got something to say, so I'm trying to let the <laughs> ladies go first. They something Cassidy and Lisa, you're just going to have to push him out of the way and say something. I'd be happy. I'm I, just I, kidding. I,
2: I, I like talking, but I like listening because this is yeah. some good stuff. But one of the things, what I want to comment, because when I, when I first heard you say it, I'm like, what? We, we, we choose to do that? No. I think what you're saying, Dave, if you can correct me, if like you could have some things happen, and you can have mm-hmm. issues and that bad days, but w- I, what you're saying is we choose to let that... that that circumstance or that situation make our day bad, or we have a choice to run to God, trust God. And so so I think that's, sometimes we forget how much power we have. Um, and, And the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us as believers. The hope is in us through Christ Jesus. And so, when the circumstances get so feeling so bad and so overwhelmed we have choices to make do we want to have a bad day do we just want to feel sorry for ourselves and i think we're going to talk later about even like, are we a victim or are we are conquerors the bible says we're more than conquerors because jesus conquered so it's a choice we got to make a choice i i really like that day because i think it can stir up our faith if we as believers say you know what man i'm having some rough Days. I mean, I'm getting hit, and there's a lot of things going wrong. But I choose to trust God. I choose to Mm -hmm. rejoice. Um, David has a David Psalms. I mean, come on, look at some of the Psalms that David was going through. How he kept going back to God and running to God, trusting in God. So I like that, Dave, when you said it's a choice. Because if we realize it's a choice, then we can we can look at ourselves. But what we're saying, nope, I just need this problem to go away, and then I'll be happy again. And God says, no, trust me. Let my peace rule, even during this test or trial. And then we can go through that. So I like that word choice because I think we have to choose, you know.
0: Well, you know, the Bible says that um, Jesus disarmed all principalities and powers. So if I make a statement and I say, look, you know, the devil has just really got a stronghold on me. And, you know, um, it's just been like this and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Am I allowing that? Because he disarmed that. He made a public spectacle of the enemy. He gave me authority over it. Scriptures go on and on and on. I choose to be in that. You know, or do I choose to speak life in the word to release that?
2: Amen, amen. And yeah. and, I, and I, something to say. So? I, I was also
1: too. I I think sometimes we forget to be thankful. Mm. You That's know, good. we wow. forget to be thankful. I, we should be waking up every day saying, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for this day." You know, starting our day out right with with you know gratefulness of what He's doing, even though maybe other things might be looking awful. I guarantee. We can find
2: things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we are going through some tests and trials, some of the choices, we need to go back and remember the faithfulness of our God. Mm-hmm. Remember the times when, when we, were, we, were, we felt our backs against the wall, yet God came through. David did that. The Bible says when, um, when Ziglag was sacked, they said um, they threatened to stone him. And then he said he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. Then he inquired of the Lord. He first got himself right. He got his attitude right. He made the right choices to, to glorify God, oh. encourage himself in the goodness of God. And then he said, okay, God, now that my faith is stirred up, now that I, I'm, I, I realize who you, you know you are, the awesome God, then God, help me walk this out. Sometimes we like we just want God to fix our problems. We want to be pain-free, struggle-free, test-free. But being in this broken world, that's probably not going to happen. But what we can do is go to God and allow God inc- uh, and remind ourselves of the things that God did with a thankful heart. I agree with Lisa. Yeah. That's really good. So now that we're on this thread, is there does anybody
0: have an example recently where you were kind of like in this wasteland? Kevin kind of shared that last week, you know, he was just really struggling. <clears throat> and he really had to go to God and, and get encouraged. Is there anything that um a personal something that was going on with one of us where we can share, you know, I was struggling with this, and this is what I did to get out of it to encourage somebody?
1: I know you got one that's real good, so I'm not going to even. I do?
2: Yeah. Why don't you remind me? Uh, work? Oh, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Work's been really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have to go into exactly details at work. What I think sometimes is like, I use the word grinding. Sometimes in life, we're just grinding, whether it's our jobs, we're just, you know, we're not happy at our jobs or my work. We're, we're real, we, we are rebuilding some things that are in, my, in our business and stuff. But whenever we get into grinding, sometimes we can just be grinding, grinding and moving forward, and then we forget that we haven't acknowledged God in anything. We've been doing it in our own strength. We're feeling overwhelmed, and we're feeling anxious. We're getting discouraged. We're getting frustrated, and I think we got to, I want to make this comment again. We will feel overwhelmed. We will feel frustrated. We will feel discouraged, so I'm not saying we're not going to feel that, but what we do with that and I think that's when we, if we stay there, and we, the next thing you know, days go by, and we're like in this wasteland. We just allowed this to go for so long. Next thing you know, and I believe this. This is my opinion. I believe there's scriptures following it. But if you stay in that wasteland, you stay in your strong in your in your own strength so long, the devil will come in, and he will start to beat us up, and he can try to get strongholds. Where that's where a lot a lot of people get caught up in anxiety because they can't see. They can't see it, the light at the end of the tunnel because they're looking at their circumstances. They're not looking at God. So I think it's sometimes it, you, you can accidentally get caught into that. And the next thing you look back, you're like, I'm in the wasteland. I've been in this for the last few days. So it goes back to being aware. It goes back to being thankful. It goes back to acknowledging God. If you start thinking about it, the Bible says in the Old Testament, I'm on my word day and night. Write it on the tablets of your heart. Write it on your door ports. When you're coming in, you're going out. meditate, meditate. Meditate. So I think it's being God focused and God-minded on a consistent basis because it's so easy to get caught up in that. And that's why I think we, as we're talking that, we need to realize that we're not saying this is easy. I mean, we're saying it's possible and it is God's will for us to learn how to walk that out. But when you're going through stuff, it's easy to get caught up in it. But when you go and put your eyes back on Jesus, he can pull you right out of that mess. Doesn't mean the problem's fixed, but you all of a sudden have this peace. And this is what I'm experiencing. That's what Lisa was saying. I'm so on fire, guys. I mean, you, some of you guys know who hang out with me every day. I'm on fire. I'm changing from the inside out because during my mm-hmm. worst time, this is my 25-year anniversary in my business. We had a record-breaking year, but because of supply chain issues, this our, it's been the toughest year financially. I'm like, what's going on? I should be celebrating this. Why? And then so I, I start becoming this victim. I start feeling sorry for myself. And I really believe, as I got my back, my eyes back on God, I've experienced this peace. During the toughest times, and that peace is so real. It's more real than my circumstances, if you will. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I'm so excited for what God has for us, and what He's going. So it's causing me to just I can't get him out of my mind. You can ask Lisa. Uh, right in the middle, we'll be, I'll be we could be watching. T- and I'll just start praising God, talking to God, or just, you just I'm just God-focused. And it's like, man, I used to when I first got saved. That's all we were, right? God, 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 God. Then we start living life, trying to do no. Let's get God-focused. Let's let's get every day. That's part of staying in the spirit. Something we have to be do purposely,
0: you know. I when Kevin was sharing this, I was kind of like, you know, there's some times in my life where like <clears throat> I see the wasteland and then right next to it is the garden, and I'm like playing hopscotch pew, 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 in one day, yeah. you know what I mean? Until really I get focused on really what God has done for me and how far I've come, amen. And then you really see his grace, so that you so. Kevin really shared a lot of good points and a lot of it was he was sharing his heart, but he was also asking, you know, um questions in general for us to check our heart. And another thing he said that I thought was very interesting. He said, I want to let everybody know that I am my biggest problem. So yeah. what he was saying was, I'm not going to make excuses. You know what that, I mean? That's good. I'm my biggest problem. And, and, and I guess I want to ask if, if we are our biggest problem, <clears throat> can someone share why is that true? Why is it true that um, Lisa or Chris or Cassidy is your biggest problem, personally yourself?
3: I think we're our biggest problem just because we put ourselves above God and we think mm. that we know better. So I think we get to a point where we think we know what we want for our life and we go towards that rather than focusing on what Um, God's plan is for our life. So when we focus on what we want and what we think our plan is supposed to be, what we think our gifts are, whether, you know, God has given us those gifts and whether we use those um, to do good or not, um, they could still be good. But if it's not God's plan, I think we get in our own way. And I think that's a way that we can be our biggest problem. Um, just because we're not focusing on what God could be talking to us about by not spending time with him like you guys had said.
2: Amen. It's almost like
0: it's we say, you know, God, I got this. Just when I need you, I'll ask. Until then, mm-hmm. God, just sit there, take a chill uh, pill. Stay on the sidelines. Yeah. 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 Did you have an example maybe of Doing this recently, where God's asked you to do something, and maybe you just had to go full circle and come back under what God wanted you to do. Can you think of anything?
2: Now you got to tell on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everybody's watching <laughs> Yeah, Chris is
0: going to look at you weird on Sunday.
2: <laughs> oh, I know how to pray for you now. Oh, my <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I mean, I do, I guess, have an example I can share. Um, a lot of you guys know that I had um, tore my ACL about a year ago. And this has been a very humbling experience for me because I was um, spending a lot of time playing volleyball. I think I was playing like six nights a week and just almost drowning myself in that. And I remember really feeling like God was chasing after my heart and I was almost you know, giving him the stiff arm, ignoring him, not wanting to go deeper just because it's painful. And I know that there was a lot of things he was trying to like walk me through. And I remember one day I was packing up my things, getting ready to go play volleyball. And he was like, let's not go. Let's not go today. And I was disobedient because that's I'm going to call it what it is. I didn't go. And that was the night I tore my ACL. And I don't believe that God caused that. But I think he was using that to protect me. Um, And it's not till recently that I was able to even think about it that way because it was such a huge part of my life. Um, But I think God was trying to get me to slow down and take into consideration his plan. I love volleyball and that's not bad. I'm using my gifts and my talents to do that, but God wanted me to do something different. And so (laughs) here we are a year later, I'm just figuring this stuff out, but that's probably the biggest example I can give people right now is just, I think there's something bigger and I just needed that to slow down and hear what he has for me.
2: That's really good. When you said, when you said we put us, we put ourselves above God, Mm -hmm. I've been meditating on that. And I might even be sharing that in a few weeks, but you know, if we don't, if we, this is God's will, if you will. And then if, when we say we're going to do our will, what we're doing is we're doing this. So Mm -hmm. who becomes the God of our Mm -hmm. lives? We become a God of our life. When we put our will before God, then we're playing God in our life. And if we're doing that, there's going to be, there's going to be, the enemy is going to beat us up. We're going to fall on our face. God is God and we're not. Now we get to participate with him. We get to be We get to be his sons and daughters. We get to um, experience him. But when we put our will before God's will, and that's a great example because sometimes we're thinking our will, get, you're talking like some bad, bad sin and good and bad. No, there's so many things we do as believers that we're doing in our own will and our own strength. We need to start being conscious of that and start, and that's why I ask God, Lisa started me doing this, my, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Mm. And that's a daily humbling that we do because it's easy. In good things, like what's wrong with volleyball? That's great. You're out there getting ex- exercise. You're doing good, but it was taking more of, you know. And, God, and the Bible says God's a jealous God. I mean, He wants us, but He's jealous not be, because He loves us and He knows we need Him as, and He wants us to experience all that He has for us. So that's really a good example. But
1: also, too, He knows what's better for us than we do. Mm. Yeah. Yep. You know, good. sometimes we think we know.
0: Isn't that awesome? Just to think that the God of the universe on your day, just a normal day spoke to you and tried to protect you. You know, it kind of reminds me of my kids, you know, they're getting older and I tell them don't do that. And they're thinking, Oh man, I, I'm my own man. Now I'm just going to, I'm going to take care of it myself. And I'm looking back saying, I got the coffee cup, I got the t-shirt, I got the plaque and I watch them make a mistake. You know what I mean? But that's awesome. So <clears throat> another thing that um, Kevin talked about is, and, and this is what I think. So, I could be wrong but i think people are listening now and think and, and they want to know this too is what can hold me down or what can hold me back from experiencing the garden to its fullest to live in the garden on a regular basis instead of living like i am right now again the question is what can hold me down and hold me back from doing what kevin said that garden that peace you know that joy um, long suffering um, does anybody want to share a little bit, maybe on maybe a few things that people out there listening could kind of focus and zone in in a little bit?
2: <laughs> okay. I always have something to say. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you're no, good. good. Uh, no, because and I'm, I'm some of it, it's it's really neat because we're doing these series and we call these tasters' choice. So this is stuff that. We don't plan on it. We just say whatever God puts on your do it. Lisa's um, speaking next week. But so I've been meditating on some of this stuff. So it's kind of neat. Like Kevin set me up because I'm going to talk about the the flesh and spirit war in a little bit more detail than some things. But it's just, I feel like, um, I, I guess, I guess the question is, um, I don't believe nothing can except ourselves. So it goes back to this, Mm -hmm. the the point you made a a few minutes ago. Because the the devil's defeated. Dave, you mentioned Mm -hmm. that. He's defeated. Jesus said it's complete. So the enemy will lie to us. Do we believe his lies? So are we believing something we shouldn't believe in? Are we focusing on something we shouldn't be focusing? Mm -hmm. Are we behaving in places we behave in? I'm not saying maybe behaving in sin, but just Mm -hmm. behaving like, like Paul called the Corinthians, you're acting like mere men. You're just acting normal. You're not using your spiritual gifts. You're not walking with the Spirit. So... I I believe there's nothing that can do that except that 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 pull us out of the garden except ourselves because that's exactly what Adam and Eve did. They Mm. made a choice. They believed the lie. So I want to encourage all of us who are listening and ourselves. What what lies are we believing? What's speaking up? And so, is it exalting against the knowledge of God? It says, don't let nothing exalt itself against the knowledge of God. What's coming against? us that's coming against the goodness of our god the promises of our god what are we believing because that would take us out that would take us out of the garden and put us in a wasteland or put us somewhere we don't belong so i think what i start telling me is that like, this does not line up with god this is not god's uh-huh. will and so then it forces me to say okay what am i why am i allowing this to happen or is the enemy coming in because now there is an enemy out there but we have authority over that enemy and satan has no authority over us what <laughs> unless we give it to him does that makes sense that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah um uh, for me, I think too, it's prioritizing. It's what are you prioritizing? What are That's you putting good. before, you know, seeking after God or spending time with God? Um, just a couple weeks ago, and this is just, and I'm gonna tell myself too, um, <clears throat> we were we were actually in a financial meeting at work and we're praying before we started this financial meeting. And I, as we're praying, I heard God say, stop watching the news. And I'm very like I'm all about like I'm I'm very on top of that kind of stuff. Like I'm always like knowing what's going on in the world and you know, I just it's it's something that interests me. It's something that I I like to to know about. I pray about. I pray about things like that, but God just basically said, "I want you to take that time that you would be focusing on on this. And I want you to focus on me." Mm. And I was just like Oh. Okay, God. And and I kind of have a routine, you know? And so this routine kind of got like knocked off just a little bit and like I'm like, "Okay, now what do I do?" Like what I would normally be doing is watching what's going on in the world and watching the news or something about it. What do I do? oh, oh, you want me to spend time with you, God? That's what you want me to do. It's like, hello, priorities, you know? So I, I honestly think sometimes it's just, what are you prioritizing?
2: Right, and, and I want to make a comment because I'm married to this wonderful woman. She <laughs> seeks God. I see her. She's in mm. the word. She don't just, she's in it every morning. I mean, I mean, she made a kind of thing, I'm not going to eat breakfast until I spend time with God. That's my spiritual food, so she's in it. But you notice, mm. she, so she is seeking God. But God's saying more, you know, mm-hmm. same thing with Cassidy, you, 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 you see God, but see, so anything God's tr- trying to draw us because maybe I don't know what he told her not to do. Maybe he wants to focus on what he's doing, not what the world's doing. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I'm not playing God, but that's because that's sometimes two people are like, well, I did, I did my, pra- my, my, prayer time this morning. I spent time with God, but may- but then that's what it is. If it's not Sunday, it's Monday, right? When you get up in the morning, you spend time with God and you don't talk to God till the next morning. No, we should be talking to God all day long. We should be acknowledge him in everything we do. It says acknowledge mm-hmm. him in all our ways. So I think that's really good because you do seek God and you do um, spend time with God, but yeah. God's calling you deeper. And, and, uh-huh. But he's kind of calling both of us. Me and Lisa feel like we're going through revival, guys. We really do. We're During some of our toughest time in our business, we're like on fire. And you know what? Me and her on fire together. Seems like we're together closer. I mean, we're Mm -hmm. like minded one accord. I mean, she can't keep her hands off me, but I mean, can you say that? uh Mary does the same. I got the same problem with Mary, Chris. (laughs) But I'm in the spirit. I'm in spirit, man. I'm the man.
0: (laughs) But but when I'm in the flesh, she wants nothing to do with me. So that's good. So that kind of leads into so now that we talked about that, so people start listening to God and, you know, God talk to Cassidy, God talked to Lisa, and then God asks you to do something and it's awkward and I've experienced it. And it's just kind of like, is that God? And then he tells you again and it's like, is that really God? God, if that's you, just speak to my heart again. He speaks to your heart again. And I, I just go up, I resist you, Satan in Jesus name. I'm not doing that. You know, yeah. well <clears throat> then I do it right. And I don't get the results that I, that I wanted. Or I like, I thought it was going to be the, this, you know, big, huge thing. And it wasn't. And people are looking at me like, What are you doing? You know, but God had a plan and I knew I heard God. Now let's, let's look at an example. uh, Scripturally, God tells Moses and Kevin talked about this. God tells Moses to deliver his people, right? He starts doing it. And Pharaoh says, that's it. I'm not giving you straw for your bricks and you still got to make your quota. So what happened? Moses had to go back to him and he had to tell him they were looking at him like, are you nuts? You're supposed to help us. And then we got to make bricks without straw. But Moses still knew that it was God. Amen. So my question is, is does anybody at this table have an example where, you know, God asked you to do, hey, it's easy to do something when God says, you know, bless someone with a hundred dollars and you got 400 in your pocket, you give them a hundred, you know, but what happens when God asks you to do something and it kind of makes your head tilt to the left and we're going, does anybody have an example of something that God shared with them? And it was just, you did it. And. It was awkward, but you did it because you knew it was God and you
2: wanted to be obedient. I'll use one example. Um, a lot of times God will put words, and, and I, this is when I first started hearing God's voice really clear. And the reason why I hear it, I think I hear it more and more because I just do what God tells me to do. And one time I, um, he told me to give a stranger a word. When I gave that stranger a word, it looked like I felt I, that I must have missed God. because The way he, they responded and all that stuff. And I'm like, Gosh. And then I was like really discouraged. I'm like, God, and the guy goes, I didn't, I didn't ask you for a harvest. I asked you to do it. And then he started teaching me. Sometimes it's seed, water, harvest. Ah, he was good. just planting a seed to somebody. Later that person, a year or two years later, that person gave their life to the Lord. They looked at me like I was an idiot, never seen the fruit until afterwards. But I planted a seed. that I did what God told me to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and a good example today, a good positive example was kind of weird. Um, my daughter-in-law, Rachel, um, we were, I was sharing that my, you know, my knee has been bothering me a little bit and, and all that stuff. And so I was explaining how I exercise in different ways cause I can't run on run much anymore. And so she said, she felt like God told her to come and pray for me. So she, she, she goes, her, her and Christian came and said, can I pray for you? And she smacks me in the knee. She goes, be healed in Jesus name. She goes, God told me to smack it. and 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 and, and be healed because i know that sounds crazy but i'm just gonna do what god tells me to do and he goes she goes i woke up this morning i didn't want to go to work i had a sinus um problem and everything so and she and she goes, so I just started, pr- what do I do? He goes, she goes, pray and throw water on your face seven times. That's what she thought she heard. It sounded really weird. So she I threw water on her face and prayed in Jesus' name. And she said she was instantly healed. She came to work, felt like things. And I was telling that story. I punched you in it. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. you were nuts. Chest, right? We were going to take you to the hospital. Mary yeah. goes, Dave has to go to the hospital. There's something wrong with this. I his broke lungs. my collarbone. Oh, you broke your collarbone. Okay, I, I, I don't I remember did. what. Yep. And then... um. They called me and they and and you said pray for me. And what did I do hit you. And- well, right, you weren't at our house. You,
0: I had to sit there and wait. I was in pain. I thought everybody was nuts because Chris was. So he walks through the door, and you know how Chris walks aggressively fast. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> "Leaving
1: me behind." Yeah,
0: and he says, <laughs> "Stand up," and I stand up, and he comes to me, and goes, "In the name of," and as he's swinging his hand back, I'm like, "What is he doing?" And he hit me in the shoulder, and I passed out. <laughs> And I woke up, my shoulder was completely healed. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. So, those
2: are good ones, but sometimes <laughs> you don't get that response. And So, those are good ones, but there's sometimes you just have to do what God tells yeah. you to do. That's good. Anybody else? I, I like to hear. Well, how
1: many times have we given somebody a word and we're like, they just kind of look at you like a deer in the headlights? You know, they just kind of look at you. <laughs> they don't yeah. really even say anything. And you're like, okay, I must have missed it. And then they come back like months later and go, Oh, that word I gave you, or you gave me, it's like, it changed my life. And you're like, oh, okay, well, uh, apparently there was something to it. But at the time, you're just like, must have missed it. I don't know. I mean, that Amen. has happened Amen. so many times. I
2: think the, the secret to success is just do what God tells you to yeah. do. It's his responsibility. It's not ours. Yeah. That's sometimes, we talked about earlier about putting us above God. Sometimes when God tells us to do something, we're going to try to, we want to get the result that we might think we want Sometimes we just need to be obedient. Like, I don't know what the result. Maybe it's a seed. Maybe it's whatever, or just a watering something that's already, or confirmation, or maybe it's a harvest that someone gets breakthrough. But I think we just need to have hearts of obedience and just do what God says and trust him that we did what he said. Mm, That's really
0: good. Cassidy, I thought me and Mary were talking to you. We were with your parents and you had mentioned something about, I thought it was you, someone at work and you had talked to them about something. Does that ring a bell? No? Not that I
3: can think of, oh, okay, unless you. I'm crazy and
0: I just don't know. <laughs> well, my God remind you real quick, okay. just be obedient. <laughs> <laughs> but I, want, I also want to talk about something else. So Kevin brought up, and this was really good. He talked about Western culture and <clears throat> the mentality of the church. And he talked about um, how the prodigal son, when he came back to his dad, he had like a servant's or a beggar's heart. He was like, if I can just be a servant in my father's house for the rest of my life, I'm going to be happy with this. And Kevin shared something that was really super cool and um, really made me think. And he said that um, as Christians, um, we get saved and we're like happy. And we're like, if I can just be a servant, you know, it's almost like we're begging at God's door, God, please heal me. You know, God." please, you know, bless me, you know, God, please pay my bills. It's almost like we're a beggar. And the, the question that uh, Kevin had brought up is, why as Christians do we do that? Because that's not really God's best. Why is Christians do we do that? Especially, and I see Christians do that when they first get saved, but I also see it when they've been saved for thirty years. They still got that beggar mentality that you know, God, if you would just you know do this for me right now, and it's actually His Word has already proclaimed that He's already done it. Amen. So what, what? What? Why do Christians do that? Is it not getting in the Word? Is it not having a relationship with God? I mean,
3: I feel like it. Sorry, you're going to say something? No, go ahead. Anna. I feel like it goes and ties into your identity. I think Ooh. that if we um, were close with God and knew our, ident- our identity and what God said about us, we wouldn't have that victim mentality of feeling that we aren't worthy because it says in the Bible that God sent his son and his son chose to die for us. So it was a choice that he made. It's not that it was an obligation, it wasn't something he had to do and so it isn't even about us being worthy or not it's god's choice to die for us and um pay that price so i think when we have that victim mentality it just goes to show that we aren't in the word and hearing what god's saying about our identity
0: Hmm. so it's almost like you're saying we're looking at ourselves as a servant but not as the son of a king yeah our identity you know
2: chris you're a son
0: that's you talk right. about
2: that all the time. Can you share on that a little bit?
0: You're, you really hit this quite a bit. Well,
2: and that's, that's where I got that when Ken was saying about like he, hmm. he's, he's the one who squandered his dad's money. He went off and then yet he, he says, okay, I'll just come back and be a servant. But yet his dad brought him to the table and he goes, he showed up and he put he had the robe on he had the Mm -hmm. ring on and he he was back because he knew who he was he knew he was a son even though he was humbled enough to say i'll just be a servant if i have to but he says nope you're my son put the ring which you know has authority put the robe, which means uh, everything that kevin was talking about being part of the whole family but what um what it did is he felt they could do that and what i think we do is when we make mistakes or we fail and then we're like. We caused this mess, so how can God get yeah. us out? Or, but what sin has Jesus not forgiven, and what mistake did He's not redeemed? And so I talk about it because there are my worst times in my life. You know, um, you, know I was, you know, you guys know some of my testimony, in my marriage. I was really abusing my wife. The worst time in my failures, God said, I love you, my son, and I'm faithful to complete the good work I started in you. And and fortunately, that was 33 years ago. So that was when I was a new believer. So I knew I was a son. I believe there's there's men and women of God. And if you're listening today, you might feel like you've been a servant of God, but God wants you to know you're his son and you're his daughter. And God wants you to know that you can walk as a son and daughter. Keep yourself humble. But don't, so I always tell this to people, don't live for God, live with God, serve his kingdom, serve his people. And I really believe that I'm so glad I learned that at an early age because I screwed up a lot and I make mistakes a lot, but I knew I was a son. So I'm like, well, I'm not there yet, but God made, I mean, I'm, but Christ is, God's not done with me. He's faithful, complete the good work he started in me. And so I think it goes back to your identity. I agree with you. Um, I'm a son. So God's not done. So what? My behavior, my mistakes, my situations never changes that. Jesus paid that price. It's written by it's it's written in His blood. It's sealed by His blood, and that's what we have to do. So often when we start, we if if his um, the prodigal son came home and said, Nope, I can't do it. I'm not going to go to this party. I'm not worthy of it. And he would have been stuck as a higher servant you know but no he chose to believe and take his father's love we need to choose that and take our father's love we need to go and walk as sons and daughters and then and then when we go that will draw us to go back and seek god because i want to make sure that today as we're sharing this podcast we're not trying to encourage people works we're saying seek god because he's wonderful you'll find amazing great things yeah. draw near to him because he'll draw near to you seek him, draw near to him, take the responsibility to do that because he's good. Not because you have to, because he loves you whether you do it or not. But if you do it, you can experience him like never before.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, and sometimes I think religion is, religion is a huge part of that. It's what people are taught. You know, it's like, well, if you do good, then you're going to receive good. If you do bad, you're going to receive bad. Now, yes, there is a law of sowing and reaping, but at the same time, they forget that God is such a good God. Yes. He's such a good God. And if they actually got in the word and realized who they are through the word and what Jesus has already paid that price for them, then, then they would identify with that, that it's not me, it's him, it's Jesus. Amen. But religion teaches you, you know, if you've been bad. You, you just got to squander for a while. You got to scrape and scringe or Amen. whatever, or
2: scrounge. Amen. Well, the Bible says there's new mercies every morning. That means something new Amen. like never before. What's new mean? Something new like never before. So new mercies every morning. So God, God will cover us new mercies every morning. Then he says his grace is sufficient. His grace, and sometimes we look at mercy and grace. I think the mercies are new every morning when we do miss God because he loves us so much. But the grace is the ability to walk in what he called us to walk in, the yeah. walk in the power, the wisdom, the anointing you know, the peace that God's given us. His grace is sufficient. Paul talks about Satan's coming after him, and what did God tell him three times? My grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient. And I really believe we as believers need to walk as our identity, as sons and daughters, and and walk in that grace. And allow when we come short, when we do make mistakes, that his mercy covers us new every morning. So we don't, I think the enemy is trying to keep us stuck and trying to keep reminding us what we're not doing right. And God wants to remind us who we are and where we're going. Mm -hmm if we can do that, that's going to be people that are going to sow to the Spirit, be led by the Spirit. The Bible says those who led by, um, um, Romans 8, I think 16, it says those who led by the Spirit are sons and daughters of God. So if so, let the Holy Spirit lead us in, in today, tomorrow, and every day.
0: This is getting really good. So we're going to go a little bit deeper here because I'm going to ask a question. I know it's going to sound like I've already been in this vein, but I want to go a little bit more granular, and that's this. <clears throat> Kevin Grinwuss said that Chris has mentioned to him a few times there's only conquerors in the kingdom. And when he said that, it was like a light bulb went off and I started meditating on it while I was in the service. I saw, so there's only conquerors in the in the kingdom. Um, and then he said, but why do so many of us look like victims? And that was a great question. So there's people out there that they're, they feel like a victim. You know, they're having a hard time feeling like a conqueror. They're listening to this and they're saying, you know, um, you guys, I." I feel like a victim. I don't feel like a conqueror. You know, I've been beat up, you know, I've been this, this is happening, that's happening to me. <clears throat> so my question is, how do we go from a victim to a conqueror? I mean, Lisa's talked about getting in the word. Chris says she gets in the word. You talked about um, you know, speaking, you know, confessing, and you talked about our identity. Let's go a little bit more granular. What else can we do? I mean, we can read the word, right? We can talk to God. You know what I mean, and and again, I liked what Chris and Lisa said. Is we're not really talking about works, but someone is out there listening, and they're saying, you know, I'm stuck, and I feel like a victim. What do I do?
2: Amen. I'm going to tell you, like I said a few minutes or a few minutes ago, that I'm struggling in my business, yet I'm experiencing God. Well, it comes from community time, some help. Um, Hannah. Britney had a word for me and she had a dream, she said. Then she said then she and she then she started yelling. I mean she's like, You're not a victim, Chris. You're not a victim. You're a mighty man of God. You're a mighty man of God. When she said that it just pierced my heart, and then I remember, and it's you, Dave. Um, during, you, you've been friends with me since the seventh grade, so over forty some years, we've been friends. And I remember Man, when I'm I fr- not even
0: forty-seven years
2: old. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's not true. So, yeah, Lord forgive our <laughs> brother <'Cause> he. Uh, <laughs> I don't show my age. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you look really good. Um, but I remember a few rough times in our business throughout the years. I, you know, I'd go to you and just tell you as a friend, and you're like, Chris, you know what? I'm I i do not really know that how to tell you about your business, but what I can tell you one thing is you're a man of God and you hear God's voice. And he goes, Chris, that's all you need. And so when Hannah said that, you, all them think you said that like three times in my toughest times in my business, I, I just hang out with you. You would share that. And you said the exact same thing. You didn't add to it. You And I, I, could, I could actually see you saying that, Dave. And, and it just reminded me. And then I just started crying. And then we were playing that song that Kevin wrote no fear here. And so I was just, you know, and, 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 and um, Nate, your brother has that little solo and he's jamming out. It was just amazing. I'm like, yes, Lord. And I'm telling you, just, it, it ties everything you just said, Dave, about identity, about God's promises and about speaking who I really am. And it's like, so it was all of us. So sometimes it's just start believing what we are, believing we are a son and daughter. So it, it, I think it all ties in. And so I think we just got to start believing God at his word. We are His sons and daughters. And, and, and I would almost say, Sometimes it's so easy just to befriend that that victim mentality, uh. befriend that fear, and I think I'm um, comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah. But you you allow, you allow it, like, and I think it was him, or, or Kevin, or Jamie was speaking about. We even say there's things that we sociable like anxiety, fear, depression. You know, that's all sociable acceptable, but it's not godly acceptable. God wants us free, in that, and He loves us so much. So if that so that was good. Um, um, I and and I'm glad that I had a word from the Lord because. After she said that, my whole paradigm changed, and it's been about six weeks. And I am—we are changing things. We're rebuilding things. But I have during this test, I'm having so much peace and joy, and God encounters like I can never had because I him i was reminded that I'm a mighty man of God, not a victim. So, sometimes we might remind ourselves. You know, it's interesting
0: because you've you've mentioned a couple of times that you and Lisa are going through this tough time, but in it, there's joy. Amen. You know, there's joy. There's joy in, in um I believe there's someone out there just thinking, you know, I'm going through a tough time. I don't have a business, but, you know, my kids are acting up or, you know, my husband had an affair on me or, you know, I just got fired. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills in a month. And they're sitting there and they're struggling, you know, and I know because I work for you um, what's going on, you know, not in a granular level, but more of a, you know, what's going on. And, And they're just sitting there, you know, and I guess what I would like to share with people is. Start off by just talking to God. Share your heart with him. You know, someone asked mm. me recently, what do you mean, talk to God? I talk to God just like I talk here in the microwave. I mean, not the microwave, but the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <okay? laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, but I do. I mean, when I'm struggling, I'm just like, you know, God, I'm really upset about this. Or God, I don't understand this. Can you help me with this? <clears throat> so another thing is, um, Kevin said, um, and he said it, and then he He didn't really expound on it, but he kind of smiled, and then he went to something different, and he says, does your fruit look like Jesus? That's good. And when he said it, I was waiting for him to share a little bit more on it, and he kind of smiled like Kevin does, if if you know Kevin, and then he went into something else. And it reminded me of that uh, bracelet everybody used to wear. um, WW. WW, you know, Mm -hmm. what would Jesus do? You know, but I, I, I guess the thing is, is if we're the child the child of a king if we're the son and the daughter of a king you know what i mean what is our responsibility because i mean it's not like god's word is here and you know we just believe it you know is there is there more than that to it i mean what is our responsibility in the kingdom of god as a christian and hear my heart I'm not talking about works. Amen. But what happens and what I see in the body of Christ is everybody just wants to put the blame on somebody else or they want to have the victim mentality. We've already touched on that a little bit, but I want to touch on a little bit of what is our responsibility as a child of God in this stuff that we're talking about? It's a choice, really, isn't it? I mean, it's a choice to walk in this stuff. It's a choice to, Lisa, you made a choice to get in the word every single day. Chris, your business is struggling. You made a choice that it's not a struggle, but I have victory in Jesus Christ. You know, you made a choice. You know what I mean? And some of the stuff you were talking about, about, you know, you made a choice that, hey, I should have listened to God. You know, here I am. I'm ready to go out, do my own thing. God says, don't go. And the next thing you know, you blew out your knee. But you made a choice to look back and say, you know, God, I should have listened to you. And I'm sure, because I know you, you probably said, you know, God, I'm going to listen to you more now. But at work, you know, at home, that's mm-hmm. what we do as Christians, right? What does that look like even mm-hmm. more, you know?
2: Well, I think the word responsibility or the word obedience really scares a lot of believers mm-hmm. because now they feel like they have to. They have to, and I would say responsibility is you get to you get to experience God as you obey Him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. I mean, um, you know, and I'm I'm picking on you, Cassidy, because like you said, I wish I would have listened to God. I didn't, but now I know. And you even said he was going deeper with me. So you not only that you you got the breakthrough there, but you even went deeper. So now he brought some more healing and some of the other stuff of your life. I think that's all of us. If if we If we allow God to go deeper in stuff like that. So the responsibility, our heart of obedience, our responsibility is we have a responsibility. I think that's the good fight of faith, that we will continue running back to God. We will continue not to stay. Yeah, we might have a bad day. We might have a bad week. But we'll continue running back to Jesus, running back to his promises. Let nothing exalt itself in the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his goodness and his mercy. Anytime we put any circumstance over God's promises, we will become a victim. But if we stay and put, let God still on the throne, he's still our God and our heavenly father, it will help us not to. So I think that responsibility is, is bring those thoughts in captivity and, and bring those thoughts of, that doesn't line up with God's word, those feelings, those frustrations and bring them back to God. So I think there is a responsibility, not a work responsibility, but a responsibility to believe, to trust and not allow these thoughts and these things to beat us up. Because how many times you get thoughts and you're going to have them. That's another thing is sometimes we just want to have those crazy thoughts or those. I think we're going to have them. What do we do with them? We bring them back to obedience. Does not line up with my identity. Does not line up with God's promises. I'm not believing this. And then sometimes I just know it. I, sometimes you just know it's the enemy. I'm saying Satan get behind me. That's what Jesus said. It is written. So that's another thing you can do with you're fighting and you feel like a victim. Find something in God's word and just declare it to the heavens and the earth. It's written, Satan. Because a lot of times Satan say you can't do it. You know what I tell him? I can't, but with God I can do all things. Come on. You know you can't. You're not good enough. You know what? Without Jesus I'm not. But with Jesus I'm all things. Amen. Yeah. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And so that's what sometimes we get caught up in victim because we we take God out of the picture or like Cassie saying. Cassidy saying. We put we put ourselves before God, so I think that's the choice we have to do. So I love the word responsibility, Dave. But a lot of people, when you hear responsibility, they start thinking works. No, it's a choice. Just be responsible for your thoughts. Bring them back to God. Run back to God. You know. Yeah. So-
1: I, I think too. It's it's sometimes what is it you're focusing on, right? Are you focusing on the problem that's in in front of you? Is that where your focus is, and you you're putting all your attention and everything into that, and and that's where that worry, that fear, that um, anxiety, all that stuff comes from. Is we're we're just constantly focusing on this problem or this issue or this situation, or I can't get out of this, instead of looking beyond that and saying, all right, it's this isn't this isn't about this issue. This isn't about my problem. This is about what. What do I see you wanting me to do God with this, with this issue? I do have an issue. There's a real problem here. There's something that there's a serious issue, but what is it you're saying that I'm not seeing? That's good. Because we uh, get our focus. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: let me comment on that, because I think that's where we really get in trouble. We're just frustrated and mad that we're in a situation. And so we're going to blame <laughs> whoever caused that situation, the devil, even God. We're just frustrated. But if we start saying, hey, this is a broken world, we are going to have situations we're not going to like. We're going to have tests and trials. But we go beyond that yeah. because sometimes we're just mad that we're in it. And so we're too busy being mad, being in it or frustrated, fearful, whatever you want to say in it. And and then we take our eyes off God and we're focusing on that. But, but I think, and I, I'm not trying to say everybody, we're going to have bad things in our life once in a while, but, Jesus said there will be tests and trials, mm-hmm. but he overcame them. And so we are more than conquerors. That's what this started, because Jesus conquered. And so we should walk in that right that he's paid, because he paid a good price. The living God, he came and became man, and he died for us. And he paid the price. It's ours. Take it. So I love that response, and I like what you're saying. Looking. Um, Looking and beyond our circumstances. And that's hard. And that takes, that takes a little bit of exercising. That takes a little bit of practice. And then if someone's out there saying, well, Chris, are you guys, I don't know how to do that. Then get around people that do. Get around some community that can help you. I, I talk about community all the time because I wouldn't be here, nor would Lisa, if we didn't have community. That's true. If we didn't have people in our lives to help us grow. God says don't forsake the assembly and the gatherings. God don't want nowhere to be alone. But you ever notice someone who's struggling then you don't see him at church. You don't see them. They just, that's just a lie from the enemy. They withdraw from everything. No, when you're struggling, jump in deep. Get, get around people who are, who are not yeah. struggling and help you out. So that kind of leads into another question. Did you have something to say? Okay, so <clears throat>
0: um, Kevin talked about the first lie to mankind, and he said, have you ever felt like God is holding out on you? <clears throat> so God will lie to you. So he told Eve, you know, that, well, the you devil know, would lie to you, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. My stomach's growling.
1: So. <laughs> it's making the blood I
0: was blood told blood drain they were providing Burger King tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but Satan lied to Eve, right? And Adam and got him to bite the apple. So, but what he what what he really shared with him was, you know, God's really holding out of you. Did he really tell you? You know, don't you know that if you do bite the apple, you'll be like God? <clears throat> so that kind of ties into what you guys are sharing a little bit right here because you said people will withdraw you know they'll they'll stop coming to church and really i don't think the devil has any new tricks i think he's just been using the same ones and he's become really good on it so what he's doing is he's holding out on people he's talking to them. he's saying you know you're a maggot You know what I mean? People at church, you know, they're judging you. Everybody's going to look at you. You know what I mean? Um, So I guess my question is, is does anybody have an example, maybe a few things that you've you've seen, you know, the enemy use, you know, because there's people out there, you know what I mean? And he's deceiving them right now and he's holding out on them and they're believing the lie. You know, is there maybe an example or some advice we could give them tonight? You know, that someone that's listening that, you know, would encourage them. Please. Why are you looking at me? I thought
2: you had something.
1: No. I I don't know for sure, so. Like a good example. I, I use a,
2: te- a testimony that happened to me 30 years ago when I first started getting in business. I started my business 25 years ago, but I, I, did, I started a business with my father-in-law um, 30 years ago, 1992, and... And, um, I, and I, I was, I was a welder. I was a machinist. I was, you know, and, and and I, and I was good at it. You know, I, I didn't like to get dirty, but I'm more of a salesman because I like to talk, but I, I, I put, I went through my apprenticeship program and for a tool and die making, I was in the automotive industry. And then my father-in-law, um, got me started up and I always wanted to be in business. I always felt like I had an entrepreneur spirit. I felt like God was calling me to some type of business. And I remember some, some, one of our customers says, um, Chris, is, Chris isn't that bad of, of, of a leader for a white uh, for a blue collar worker, and, and and it just bothered me like I got judged because I didn't I I didn't come from the college side of it I came from the ground up just learning the system learning people and all that and and there's nothing wrong with blue collar white collar it's just, just different professions but the way he said it was kind of derogatory I thought it was at least and it really bothered me I remember my um, um one of my suppliers my hydraulic um guy who sold us hydraulics he goes. He goes, "Chris, you have influenced me every day. You excite me. He goes, "I like coming to your business and working with you because you're just so on Amen. fire for God. You're just so excited about your business and about what you're doing." He goes, "Man, he goes, "I'll follow you anywhere." And then God spoke to me, because that's right. He goes, because I'm with you. See, sometimes if we're looking at what we can do, what we can't do, we're going to get stuck. But if we say what God can do through us, that's a whole different ballgame. The Bible says all things are possible with God. Mm -hmm. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, we can even ask or think, according to the power that works in us, his power in us. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's when we keep looking at ourselves that can happen. So that's how the devil, when the devil knows you're thinking of yourself, thinking of you, he's going to whisper those lies. But when you start hearing God's voice, it trumps the enemy. But doesn't, so
0: what I've noticed, you know, being a Christian for 30 something years, he always attacks my identity. Yeah. Well, you're not really good enough to be his son. You know, you're, you have made a lot of mistakes. Look what you did yesterday. You yeah. know what I mean? Look what you did today. He attacks that identity. Can, Cassidy, I don't don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm going to anyway. (laughs) But you talked a little bit about identity. Can you share maybe some ways that you've been lied to on your identity and you had to press through, you know what I mean? And, and, and get to where you are now, you know, knowing who you are in Christ.
3: Yeah. Um, let's see. There have been lots of lies that I've had to identify that the devil has spoken to me Mm. over the years and he's used people that have been very close to me and um, I remember just having lots of friends that um, ended up really kind of backstabbing and just speaking a lot of lies and (laughs) speaking new lies but then also confirming old lies that the devil Uh. had kind of spoken to me and continue to just bring those up and I remember getting to a point where I've just felt very broken down and I did what you had said earlier, Chris was the secluding yourself and getting out of community and isolation. And that is the worst thing. And I can say from experience, it's the worst thing that you can do because you don't have people that are going to be bringing you back to God or building you up or even being able to encourage you or help you to rebuke those lies. Because if you are by yourself, all you're going to do is dwell on those thoughts because it's so easy for the devil to continue to remind you that you're not good enough. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I remember getting to a point where I was just so broken down. And at the time I was going to a young adults ministry and the pastor that was speaking was speaking, um, like he was going through the book of Ephesians and every week he would do a different chapter. And I remember him talking about, um, in Ephesians chapter one, and I honestly want to read it because it's so good. Um, I was talking to a friend about this the other day just because I think that the devil's really trying to attack our identity in um, a lot of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so um, it's Ephesians 1 um, verse 3 is where I'll start. But it says all praise to God, the father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, he loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing him to us through Jesus Christ. Um, this is what he wanted to do, and He it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the, his glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered us with kindness and along with all wisdom and understanding. And Mm -hmm. I just love the heart of adoption that is written in that scripture. And um, that's what this pastor was speaking about was just how like we're adopted into the kingdom and that everything that he has, he's given to us. And so then that includes our identity and who he's created us to be. And so when I was able to, claim the identity that I had in Christ and know that I'm his adopted daughter and I have everything that he has, then I was set free. And then every day after that, I started writing in a notebook and I had it on the top. It said, God says I am. And every day I would write a new word. And every day I would repeat all those words until I believed them. And honestly, that's a huge encouragement that I give to people when they struggle with their identity, because it's very easy to believe the lies that the devil tells you but unless you replace those lies you're going to be stuck in that
2: same spot every time so there there we go with the responsibility unless we replace those lies so we're on a theme here right unless we not god god (laughs) already told us his word Mm. Unless we replace those lies that was good is that what you're gonna say too
1: no i'm just saying god's already done it all he's just he's saying all right here you go here it is it's all served up for you Mm -hmm. now you're gonna take it are you just gonna let it sit there you know that's
2: really good I, I think if if we as believers and everybody's listening could realize that the responsibility is just keep trusting in Him and do what God tells us, what His Word tells us. You had to replace those lies. Mm-hmm. If we don't, you keep believing those lies, and so now you're free. You're getting so th- that's just a good testimony right there. How many times do we have to? And, and you might have to do that daily. Mm-hmm. You might have to do that hourly. Yeah. You know, no, this is not from God. You yeah. know, that's good. Yeah. You know, because
0: earlier, <clears throat> well, um, about halfway into this. God had put on my heart the word of responsibility. I'm just going to be transparent. I said to God, man, God, whenever I bring that word up in the body of Christ, they don't like it. (laughs) They don't. You know what I mean? But it's kind of cool how God is just taking this whole thing full circle like this. You know what I mean? And it's awesome. So here we are tonight, right? And we got the God of the universe here. And he's speaking to Chris and he's speaking to Lisa and he's speaking to you and he's speaking to me, speaking to Justin. By the way, Justin, you're doing a wonderful job. <laughs> we love you, dude. But so what I want to encourage everybody out there is I believe that God is speaking to people's hearts. I believe there's stuff Amen. that Chris Amen. said. I believe that Lisa said and Cassidy said some stuff. I just want to encourage everybody to take that responsibility. You know what I mean? And act on it act mm-hmm. on it you mm-hmm. know so um <clears throat> what i would like to do um just to kind of wind things down here a little bit is we have a world-renowned guest speaker on sunday and um we're shipping her in here from uh, hudsonville michigan her name is lisa <laughs> <Shire>! oh, <boy. laughs> and she's gonna be speaking on Acts one the powerful gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, Lisa, the Holy Spirit is my favorite subject. Yeah. My, mm-hmm. One of my favorite That's scriptures I is, I will not leave you orphans, but I'll send the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. who will comfort you, who will teach you all things. And mm-hmm. uh, it's something that I've taught on quite a bit. So I'm actually pretty excited. So when I heard about it, I asked Mary, I said, am I at Children's Church Sunday? She said, nope. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, that being said, I just I just really want to encourage everybody. And I, and I know I mentioned this earlier, to share this word there is some phenomenal stuff guys that was shared here tonight lisa chris cassidy wonderful stuff um justin wonderful love the things you shared tonight good stuff (laughs) um but no on a serious note guys share this i mean on facebook share it twitter smoke signals um send an email to somebody you know what i mean um Put it on a thumb, uh, what do you call it? Thumb drive. (laughs) Everybody here loves me. (laughs) But just share it because I really believe that this word tonight needs to get out there. So, um, everybody, I just want to end off. I want to ask Lisa if you would just go ahead and pray.
1: Tonight? absolutely Father God I just thank you for your goodness I yes. thank you for the words that went out today yes. I thank you Father God for those watching and those who will watch father yes. I thank you that that they will receive yes. something that they will act on it that they will they they won't just listen and hear it and go oh that's a good word but that they will take it and they will apply it to their lives yes and so we just give you glory and honor father in Jesus name amen, amen. Hey, everyone
0: have a great night and share the video. we